Thank you to Contentful for supporting our podcast. I'm Marcelo Lewin, and this is the Contentful Creators Podcast, Season 1, Episode 11. So let's get to it. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 11 of the Contentful Creators Podcast, where I have conversations with content architects, designers, developers, and other creators who use the Contentful content platform and related technologies to create web experiences. I'm your host, Marcelo Lewin, a content solutions architect and a certified Contentful professional. Today, I'll be chatting all about rich text fields, HTML, JSON, and Markdown with my guest, Chris Towler, a front-end software engineer at The Skim, who is pursuing a master's degree in computer science at Georgia Institute of Technology. But before we get started, if you want more podcast episodes, tutorials, webinars, and blog articles all focus on creating web experiences using Contentful and related technologies, please visit www.contentfulcreators.com. All right, Chris, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Marcelo. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you here. You are in New York, right? On the East Coast. Yep. Yep. And I'm here in LA on the West Coast. So everybody's in lockdown due to the COVID-19 situation. For those of you that are listening to this, hopefully three months after all of this has happened, you'll remember that we were all locked down for a little while. So if we hear dogs or children, heck, that's the way it goes today, right? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So why don't we start out by, I mean, I already kind of gave a little bit overview of your background, right? But tell us how you got to where you are today. Sure. So I got my start in software engineering, web development. Just about four years ago, I was working as a nanoscale engineer at a microchip company. And I had quit my job and took a coding bootcamp uh, through App Academy. And it was there that I learned full stack engineering, some Rails, React, all sorts of things like that. And shortly after that, I joined the Skim as a full stack engineer. And almost four years later now, I am still at the skim. I am now leaning much more towards the front end, almost entirely JavaScript engineer now. And also in my part time, I'm working towards a master's in computer science to get some more of that formal education and also specializing in machine learning. So I get to touch on some of the cool, what feels like the tech of the future right now. Sure, definitely. Now, is your degree already in computer science? I actually got a degree in nanoscale engineering from SUNY Albany, although now the college broke off and is SUNY Polytech. Explain a little bit about nanotech. What is that? So nanoscale technology is, in a literal sense, just technology and science on a nanoscale. So that means like you have your metric prefixes, like millimeter is like one thousandth of a meter. Nano is 10 to the negative ninth. So it's just incredibly small, unfathomably, unfathomably small. In practice, a lot of this has to do with semiconductor and material science creating like transistors and all the devices that power your computer. Wow. So you're hardcore, man. <laughs> I, I guess so. I guess, I guess you could say that. Were you working on chips, on, on design architecture of chips, or were you working on programming? Or I was working on, as an equipment engineer. So I would oversee several different machines that were processing all these microchips. And like the steps that are involved in building a microchip are so involved that each like machine is incredibly specialized to a specific purpose. So I had a pretty good idea of the entire process, but I in uh, like the entire process from going all the way from just the silicon all the way to a fully developed transistor. But I was like focused on one 
microscopic piece of that entire process. I see. And what got you interested in programming and switching? Because I mean, that is a very focused career you decided to go into, right? And then you decided to jump into development. What got you interested in that? So I learned in college that I was very interested in kind of the applied creative problem solving of engineering. And it was because I was interested in that certain doors open for me. It was like a very limited program, the nanoscale program. So I took advantage of like I had the option to take it. So I did that. And I've always been interested in the kind of problem solving of engineering. But in practice, a lot of the engineering work is it's not as hands-on especially in the nanoscale field so during some of my time off i would be looking at things like code academy and stuff like that and it's like compared to something like any other field of engineering computer engineering is really you're cutting right to that creative problem solving you don't need to use somebody else's million dollar tools to do an experiment to figure out how to fix something you just get to use like the letters that you're typing into your computer so it felt so much closer to the entire engineering and problem solving process that it felt like it was my natural calling. Right, right. And you probably enjoy seeing the results of your work much quicker, right? In programming versus the million dollar tools that you're using that I'm sure took a while to get those results out. Exactly. The feedback cycle is <laughs> exponentially shorter. Makes a lot of sense. So then how did you get into Contentful? So interestingly, we used to manage our own in-house content management system at the skin. And at one point, one of our former engineers introduced the team to Contentful as an alternative that they had used at a previous company. And it just abstracted a lot of the boilerplate away. We would no longer have to be creating migrations and managing our own content system. And the UI that we got out of the box was incredibly user-friendly and it just seemed like an upgrade from managing our own databases and admin tools. So it, I was, as one of the people who worked heavily on the internal tooling for our content, I was a huge, huge evangelist for this tool. It allowed us to develop faster with much less pressure and reliance on engineering time. So it was just a win-win for in so many ways. Well, that's very cool. So why don't we jump into our topic of conversation today, which is really rich text fields. And who knew you could do an entire podcast episode on just rich text fields, right? But it turns out you can. There's so much to really understand. So why don't we start with defining JSON? For those people that don't know what JSON is, can you explain what that is? And no, it's not a person named JSON. JSON, or as I pronounce it, JSON, is a, it stands for JavaScript Object Notation. It's basically a way to represent JavaScript objects in a string form. A very common format because it powers a lot of REST APIs. It just happens to be the language of speaking between, of sending messages to and from external servers and things like that. So it allows you to stringify just data that you structure into a JavaScript object, which is very convenient for accessing different keys and values on the data. And it's just a relatively simple format to work with, um, especially for API design. I see. Can you define and explain a little bit further when you said stringify so people can understand what we mean by that? All right, right. So for non-developers, when your computer is talking to an external server, for example, the systems have to communicate with one another. And in programming, just like Text representation is known as a string. That's the name of the data type. So a lot of the data can be sent as a string, and stringifying data would mean 
converting it into the string data type format. Right. And the reason we want to do that, right, is because it makes it much easier to be able to consume in various different delivery mechanisms. Exactly. Being able to, for example, the JSON format is great because you can take a JavaScript object, either a really simple case or even a really complicated case where there are values nested within other values on the object. And it all boils down to a simple string that can be interpreted by the API that you're posting to or computer that's receiving the stringified object. Right. And the reason we're talking about JSON here, right, it's really important because pretty much everything within Contentful is using some form of JSON and rich text fields, as we'll go into details in a moment, but rich text fields use JSON extensively, right? Yeah. Yeah. So before we jump into that, why don't we jump into HTML formatting and let's explain what that is. All right. So HTML is probably a more common sounding or a familiar sounding people for people that aren't necessarily super involved in the web development field. But HTML stands for hypertext markup language. Again, it's another string format which allows it to be sent between different servers, computers. In this case, hypertext markup language or HTML, you can think of it as the language that what your web browser uses to build what shows up on your screen. So it, it's the explicit language that codes for all of the different elements of a website that appear. So HTML then really takes care of the layout. And again, this is important and we're setting sort of a base vocabulary here for everybody because rich text fields in other CMSs, right, will store information using HTML. And we're going to get into that. But that's why it's important for everybody to understand all these terms prior to us really jumping into the rich text fields. There is one other piece of vocabulary that people really need to understand. You mentioned HTML is markup, where we have something called markdown. Can you explain what that is and how is that different than HTML? Yeah, so markdown is basically another way of writing what it will eventually get converted into HTML. So it's a bit simpler in terms of syntax requirements, where simple, rarely used kind of characters, such as like underscores, asterisks, things like that, are used to signal different formatting elements. And eventually, usually you'll have some kind of library that converts these symbols into the appropriate HTML element that your browser will then render. So it's almost like a slightly simpler way to represent it than the full syntax of HTML, which has things like opening tags and closing tags, and it's just a bit more involved of the syntax. So Markdown is simpler for if you're just trying to get moving quickly, you can write up a little bit of Markdown and have a lot of generate at the end of your pipeline, generate HTML from that simpler syntax. And what would be the reason why people use Markdown instead of HTML in their rich text fields before? So someone might use Markdown because editing HTML as HTML is actually a very complicated subject because there are so many different combinations of what kinds of HTML elements can exist, many different ways you can have the same ultimate result of what the output looks like but with different combinations of HTML elements. And then nesting can get pretty complicated. Markdown is convenient because it kind of limits your options in what you can do and how you can accomplish it. But by limiting the options, it makes it much more predictable. So for someone getting up and started, especially someone familiar with Markdown, it provides a quick and easy way to get formatted text in a pretty lightweight and predictable 
manner. And I would imagine from the backend perspective, as a developer, it's much easier to strip away any markdown formatting versus HTML formatting. Yeah, definitely. If you're saving markdown strings, they're going to be much smaller than HTML, which is going to be good from a storage standpoint. And also parsing HTML is can be a bit of a nightmare. Yeah, definitely. So now that we have the basics out of the way, we know what JSON is, HTML formatting, and Markdown. Let's jump into the different kinds of fields that are supported in Contentful. And what I mean by different kinds of fields, I'm focusing mainly on the text fields because there's other types of fields such as state fields, true-false fields, JSON object fields as well. But focusing on the three types, which is rich text field, long text field, and short text field, can you explain the difference between the three of them from a high-level perspective? Yeah, so these are going to be the three types of fields you're typically going to use when you have text that you want to represent in your content system. Short text field and long text field are very, very similar. The main differences are the default UI is a little different. Your short text field is going to appear as a little one-line input. Your long text field is definitely going to appear as a bigger text area. They have slightly different character limits. So, for example, the short text field is going to be limited to, I believe, 255 characters, but it's searchable. I believe everything's searchable. I think the biggest distinction that you're going to want to consider when choosing between short field and long field is that the short text field does have a shorter limit, character limit. So this is perfect for things like URL slugs or titles or very, very short descriptions, whereas a long text field is going to be for much better for any kind of long-form content. I believe the long text character limit is something like 50,000 characters. So more often than not, if you're trying to write something in Markdown, you're going to use the long text field, and whereas the short text field is going to be better for small. Right, like usually one or two or three words, something that maybe even like a label on a button or something. Or even like a URL or like a call to action kind of link if you have that built into your system, something like that. Right. And I think also the display, how you want it display is also different for a short text field versus a long text field. Like you can make a short text field URL slug, but I don't believe you can do that with a long text field. Right. Yeah. Some of the default options for how you display and what built in UI extensions that Contentful offers for you to display the information varies between the two. And also, you have different validation options, too. Short text field is going to be really useful. For example, let's say you have a value that can only be like one of five different values. You can actually limit what values people can select from that and then have it viewed at, displayed as a dropdown. Right. By converting the short text field into a list, basically, which is another yep. option in there. Yeah. And the other one that's really nice is if you have a field as your entry field, and then you add a short text field and display it as a URL slug, it could automatically create that URL slug based on your entry title field too. Yep. Which is a nice thing. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so we've covered long text fields and short text fields. And long text fields really sound like they're almost like rich text fields, right? Because you do have sort of that rich text editor, but really what it's doing in the back end, it's, it's creating markdown. So let's talk about a rich text field now. So explain what is a rich text field in Contentful and how is it different from the long text field? Yeah, so for people who aren't familiar with the term rich text field or rich text editor, this is going to be your kind of editor where you basically, it's also known as WYSIWYG or it's an abbreviation 
what you see is what you get editor. So if you think about like Microsoft Word or Google Docs, where any formatting you put on the text, you actually see it as that formatting as you're editing. What you see is what you get. So Contentful's Rich Text Editor is a WYSIWYG editor in that any formatting you apply, you can see it formatted in front of you. But under the hood, unlike some HTML editors, which would just store an HTML string, or some might have a conversion layer where they'll convert it to Markdown or something like that. Contentful uses JavaScript object as the data type. So it actually, while it looks like you're using an HTML editor, under the hood, it stores it as a JavaScript object with a pretty defined format. Every element is represented by a node. So like your headings, your paragraphs, things like that, where they will be represented by a JavaScript object that can have a content array that is just a list of additional nodes that are within that node. So for example, the root of the entire object is a document type node. And inside that content array, you might have your first element in that array be a heading node, where this will be your like your formatted title or something like that. And inside that node will be a text node that has the actual text that is represented within that heading. So what's really cool about that is it's all JSON or JavaScript object formatting. So it's very, very easy to work with from a developer standpoint. It's a repetitive, it's a like a recursive tree structure. So basically you can apply the same logic for how to look at what any of the inner nodes are at any level of the tree. The logic is the same. So it makes it very predictable and very easy to work with from a developer standpoint. And from an authoring standpoint, they see it just like a regular rich text field. So from their point of view, there is no difference between using the contentful rich text field with the JSON node types versus like the old school HTML RTF, right? But from the development point, why is it important to be able to have this separate, the formatting from the actual text? Why is that so important? So compared to editors that use strings or straight up HTML as the data that they store, the number of possibilities are limited, similar to Markdown, although because of the node structure, you actually technically have an infinite number of kind of custom nodes that could be created in theory, although the contentful rich text is limited to a, a pretty standard set of functions that exist. But whereas markdown, you're limited by what kinds of character rules your markdown allows, whether like underscores mean this, so-and-so symbol means that. With JavaScript objects type, you can just give any node an arbitrary node type and have rules for how that's displayed. So it's much more powerful in terms of how like you could potentially customize it if it were like open and customizable. But so like it can scale in a very interesting way, but it's also super predictable and very easy to work with on the developer side. And having that layer where it looks like a rich text editor makes it incredibly approachable for content creators, especially where, I mean, like we defined Markdown at the beginning of the episode because many people have never and might not ever encounter Markdown, but pretty much anyone has used a word processor like Microsoft Word or Google Docs. So rich text is going to be much more approachable. Right, definitely. And I'm glad you mentioned the extension of RTF options uh, because we're going to touch upon that. But I think what's really important to understand here is like when somebody types in the rich text field, a heading, or they type a bold word, that makes total sense when you're displaying that on a web page, right? Because a bold is bold. You just can use a strong HTML word or whatever CSS. 
Perfect. But what does a bold mean really in the mobile app? Or even more important, let's say you're delivering this content to an Alexa app. What does bold mean? Does it mean now being Alexa should be more excited or she should be louder, right? It takes different definitions depending on your delivery mechanism. Exactly. And uh, that's actually one of the things that I really like about the form editor. Whereas like Markdown is super convenient because you have so many libraries that will like parse it into HTML for you. Contentful also has rendering libraries for a ton of different platforms, whether you want to render your rich text to straight up HTML, whether you want to render it to React components, whether you want to render it to special, if you have a rail setup, there's a Ruby gem that can convert it into HTML for you. It's just in the same way that Markdown has these libraries to abstract away that logic of converting, okay, this text equals this kind of element, so on and so forth. Contentful provides that same functionality in their rich text rendering library. And what's really cool is in each of your own front-end systems, you can take the library and customize it to present however you want. So for all these different use cases, what does bold mean in this context? You can either just implement the library and use the default logic for what these things represent, or you can just write your own custom implementations for each of these outputs. So for example, maybe for like paragraphs, you have a particular CSS class that you want to uh, use to style. Your render function can just, instead of spitting out a paragraph tag, your render function can spit out a paragraph tag with the class that you want to use. So for any inline styles, basically it, the, your imagination is the limit for how much you can customize the rendering for the nodes that they provide. That makes a lot of sense. So let's talk about the extension of RTF. You mentioned extending RTF options and your rich text field editor has buttons like for bold, pull down, select for heading types, all things like that. Just so your normal RTF options. Can the native RTF be extended? So the direct answer would be no. At this point in time, you can't customize it with your own custom options. The rich text editor gives you a lot of control over what options are available to editors. So for example, you can give heading style from uh, heading ones all the way through, I think heading six can limit them to, if, let's say this type of rich text that you're implementing is only going to use maybe heading one and two. So you can uncheck the other headings that you're not using on the settings for this field. And then editors will only see the options that you want to show them. But in terms of cut nodes and things like that, this is one of the areas where I'm really, really hoping Contentful introduces some more functionality because in theory, it should be pretty straightforward to define a custom node type and what kind of data could live in those custom node types and then implement that in the editor. They just haven't done that yet. I know opening the editor to customization has been on their roadmap for a little bit. So who knows how long till or if something like that will come out. But in terms of like my wishes, that's like my biggest wish from Contentful. In practice, you can actually do a bit to customize it in other ways and get around some of the lack of peer customization features. And that's because Contentful lets you embed entries, so other content model, into your rich text editor. And you can actually use this by creating what I refer to as like wrapper component models, or wrapper content models to apply or indicate specific styling that you would want to apply on your front end where you're displaying this content. So for example, out of the box, Contentful Rich Text doesn't have an align feature. So if you have an image that you want to like align on the right side or float on the right side of your text, 
on your front end. There's no necessarily button that will say, oh, align this image to the right. So what you can do, though, is we have a content model called aligned content that will take any other piece of embedded content, and then it has a configuration for left side or right side. And then on our front end, we have a custom rendering function that looks at that content model and then aligns it as though it were a real align left or align right function. So there's no direct customization in that sense, but if you're able to think outside the box and utilize some additional content models, you can actually cover a lot of the use cases that you would want. Well, I think that is definitely an awesome idea that I never thought about because we do run into some of those issues and I love what you did. So let's do a quick recap on that because I think this is really important. In RTF editors, you can embed actual content that isn't contentful, right? So you can embed other content entries within the RTF and you can do them in line or you can do them as, I forget the different types, but there's, I think, two or three types that you can do them. You can do them as links, inline, and embedded, right? Those are the three that you could do. Yeah, they're hyperlink and inline and block. Yeah, and block, right. So what you've done is you created a basically a content model to host any kind of quote unquote designed kind of information, right? Basically, then because those are content types, then you created entries for an align right, align left, whatever it is. Then you've actually in your RTF, you've inlined, I'm assuming, an entry of type design and the entry was align right as an example. Does that pretty much cover it? Yeah. Yeah. And then on your back end, you look at those objects because it's just a note type of that content type, right? You know what to do with it. Yeah. You can define separate rules for even for the same content model. So for example, if, if we only had like image right align in our design specs and we didn't need to support left and or right, what we could simply do is have an image content model inside our rich text and the node definitions for a block embed and an inline embed can be completely separate. So we could say any inline image gets rendered like with a float to the right and any block takes up the full width. Right, right. Yeah, so you can come up with some pretty creative solutions of varying levels of involvement depending on what your use cases and requirements are. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic idea. The best possible scenario would be that obviously they open up the rich text field editor so then you can just add all those buttons and it becomes more of a native experience. But regardless, because otherwise you have to train your staff to, hey, embed these kinds of entries to do certain things, right? As opposed to just having it in the... Exactly. And that's where I think the biggest overhead comes from. Right. You lose some of the benefit of having an intuitive editor that tracks with how content creators are used to creating content. Well, and I want to second the fact that I want that functionality too. And I'm sure there's thousands of other people that want that functionality. And I think where it becomes really powerful is, and in fact, we're doing a podcast on design systems, right? And if you have a design system that has a bunch of components in your organization that you want to standardize, why not be able to use some of those components within the RTF, right? Because then you can start doing some really creative stuff and keep to the standards of the company. Exactly. And I will say, for example, at the Skim, we have a design system where we actually do that very heavily. We actually use a combination of React components that we use to build out all the different design components that we have. And then we have analogous content models in Contentful that map one-to-one to these components. So it actually becomes super convenient for editors to, for example, if they want to include like a sign-up box or something like that, they can just input a sign-up unit entry embedded into the rich text and it'll show up using our sign-up component 
on the front end with all the logic connected for how to validate the input, where to submit it, so on and so forth. And it's just through embedding a simple component into the rich text. And actually using this logic, you could, in theory, just build out an entire web page in rich text where you have entries for the things that you're going to reuse and then just type text directly in for little one-off pieces of copy that might not need to be saved in a separate entry. Yeah, definitely. My mind is going crazy here because you just put in a lot of stuff in there that I know after I'm done with your interview, I'm going to start using in our company. (laughs) So (laughs) thank you for that. But no, that's definitely a fantastic way of, of managing content and components within RTF. So we know we can limit the native functionality of the RTF on the back end through the settings. You know, you can tell it if you want the authors to be able to do a headline or if you want them to do bold or emphasize. And also you can allow for validations of the RTF, like what kind of things you want them to be able to enter, like embedded content or not. But in RTFs, we touched upon this. There's the ability to link entries of Contentful. And there's three types. We talked about the linked, the embedded, and the inline. Can you explain the difference between those three? Yeah. So the main difference between the three is going to come down to how the underlying data model gets built. One way to think about it is they're actually kind of arbitrarily different types of embed. So because of this, since anytime you're using Contentful's rich text, you're going to be using one of their rich text renderers just because it just does a lot of the boilerplate work of interpreting the rich text object and converting it into your rendering function. Uh, You're going to be customizing that in some way, shape, or form. I almost guarantee it. So when you're doing that and you're customizing your logic, Basically, the embeds are going to exist as three different types. They're going to either be an inline embed, a block embed, or a hyperlink embed. And you have the ability to select. You could render the same content type three different ways based on how it's embedded. And that's really where it comes handy. Generally, you're going to want to try and match your rendering logic to the way that the types are. So for example, if I had an article model or something like that, and I embedded it as a hyperlink, The way I would want to render that is as a link with the URL pointing to the URL of where someone would visit that article. Whereas a block embed might be a little preview of that article that someone could click to go there, where instead of it's a text link, maybe it's a more involved component that teases the article, something like that. So in that way, there's still two different ways to render the same content model, but you try to match the context to what the editor sees. So oh, it makes sense to render when it's a hyperlink, it's just a text link to that article versus when it's a block link, it's a big teaser display. Right, exactly. And like you said, I mean, you're going to try to match that on the front end delivery of what the author sees in the RTF editor. But sometimes it may call for a different kind of display just because the delivery channel is not just web. Right. That's where I think some of the best user gains would be in terms of opening the editor for custom nodes, because you can get around some of the limits in the rich text through clever use of your front end and stuff. But the more your front end does to tweak the way different nodes render and stuff like that, the less one-to-one the editor feels compared to what your front end will actually output. But that's actually where the previews can come in really handy. Contentful has a very extensive preview set where you can even, like you said, it's going to differ from front end to front end. You can actually create several different front ends. So if you're powering a website and an iPhone app with the same content, 
you could create two separate previews, one that shows how it would render your web version and one that shows how it would render in your iOS app. So basically you try to lean on the way the rich hex editor looks where you can and then shore up the differences with uh, detailed preview views. Yeah, it's a very powerful feature on that. So we're close to the end here and I have literally probably another 10 questions. So I don't know if we should have a part two or not, but who knew that we could talk so much about RTFs, right? It's a very rich subject. Yeah, no pun intended, of course. Uh, I always intend by puns. <laughs> oh, you do. Okay, I don't. All right. So an important question is, and this is more from the authoring side, but you know, people will be using rich text fields coming from other documents, right? Most of the times they'll be cutting pasting a content from, for example, a Google Docs or a Word doc. When you paste into the RTF, it will show you the bold and everything else and most of the time. But how does that work in general? Is that something that's recommended? And how does it convert into the backend? So basically what happens when you do that, when you copy from Google Docs, for example, you are copying the actual HTML from the editor. So when you paste it into Contentful, it's going to do its best to parse through that HTML that you pasted and match it up to the node that it allows. So in many cases, it's going to work pretty much as you would expect. It's going to find bold tags, convert them into nodes with the bold mark added to them, so on and so forth. It'll get rid of some of the nested spans and various extra HTML that editors like Google Docs create. Though there are some places where it might be a little less predictable. And this in particular comes to, for example, invisible characters or spacing characters. We found can cause issues. Ever since we switched from our custom HTML string editor to rich text editor, it's actually resolved a lot of the issues that we would have where our custom editor would just would match the HTML that Google pastes in, which could cause problems when that gets rendered on the front end. The contentful rich text editor does a good job stripping it, making it much more predictable. And the only issues we've hit it run into were places where, for example, you would have some of the various Unicode characters that might render slightly differently or just come along for the ride where their invisible characters might break up some of your nodes in unpredictable ways. But like we migrated fully to the rich text editor last summer and I believe this has been a twice. So from my experience having managed an in-house custom HTML editor to this, this has been a life changer in terms of supporting that kind of copy and paste. Because I know a lot of workflows in various companies are going to involve copying edits from emails or Google Docs, so on and so forth. So being able to support that has been a huge, huge boon to our users' workflow. Yeah, definitely. So then the big question is, we have RTF and we have long text field with Markdown. Should we ever use long text field or just forget it and either do short text field or RTF? So I extensively develop in React, which I believe is one of React.js. Not quite a framework. It's kind of a library for rendering UI in the JavaScript ecosystem. I believe that React is one of the preferred ways in terms of what Contentful likes to support just because a lot of their tooling uses some React and just the library and documentation around their React rendering library is very, very good extensively detailed, very useful. So as someone who's a React developer, the quality of the tooling for rendering the rich text is well up to snuff for any kind of markdown converter that you'd be using if you're using the markdown text. So if as a developer, even though it's very convenient, like I understand markdown and could very conveniently type in markdown, 
I would still probably use the rich text editor just because the tooling, either way, if I'm using Markdown or rich text, I need some rendering library just to convert that to the HTML that I want to render. And so it's not like I'm introducing an extra library per se. It's going to be one or the other. And then all the power of embedded components that rich text offers makes it so easy to scale that field if it becomes multi-purpose or the purpose evolves beyond its initial implementation. And the overhead cost of managing a rich text field is, I would argue, less than a markdown field because it doesn't require that you know markdown to use it. Right. So in essence, and I believe Contentful does the same thing. They recommend stick with RTFs. And I say the same thing. I back you up as well. So I think RTF is the way to go unless you want to do a short field. Yeah. Every now and then I will help out in the like Contentful community Slack and people will be posting questions. I've seen, so for example, I know I was looking at the Ruby docs at one point, trying to help somebody who's having issues customizing their rendering for the Ruby library. And the documentation is a little less fleshed out and user-friendly than the React rendering library. So I could see if someone who is coding in a language that is on the less supported side, they might have a bit more trouble implementing the rendering libraries. So I could see the decision point being a little closer to on the fence there, where it might just be easier for them to use Markdown because maybe maybe the Laravel or Drupal Markdown extension is much easier to use and customize than, say, the Drupal Contentful library if they have it. So I could see, depending on what technology stack you're using, it becomes closer to a toss-up. But if you're using React, for sure, or any of the very well-supported, I think the benefits just completely outweigh the fact that you're, you could be familiar with Markdown and get up and running. Definitely. Well, Chris, unfortunately, we're completely out of time. I have a lot more questions, so I'm going to have to ask you to come back and maybe we'll do part two of this. But thank you for being on the podcast and also for sharing all your knowledge. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks a lot, Marcel. I, I'm totally happy to come back. Uh, this has been a pleasure. Awesome. Now, if people want to get a hold of you, how can they do that? Yeah, you can find me at chrisTowler.nyc is my homepage. And you can follow me on Twitter at HeyIt'sTowler. And yeah, those are probably the easiest ways to get in touch. Excellent. And we'll add that to the show notes. So thanks again, Chris. And to the rest of you, I'm glad you were here with us. Just a quick reminder to visit www.contentfulcreators.com for more podcast episodes, tutorials, webinars, and blog articles. So until the next episode, I'm your host, Marcella Lewin. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, everyone.